Go ahead, have a seat. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Nathan. I don't know about you, uh, but there is great anticipation for this Easter weekend around here. We've been feeling it for quite some time. And as we celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior and our King, both today and on Sunday, there's something changing in the atmosphere over Airdrie. Heaven is opening up and unleashing something amazing that we've yet to experience. We've been calling God's glory to fall on this place, and I believe that heaven is going to touch earth. Heaven is going to touch Airdrie and this region. We're going to be witnesses to the Holy Spirit moving in ways we thought were impossible. We're going to be witnesses to his power and his anointing, and we will see more signs and wonders. We will see more freedom released and more people set free from demonic strongholds, and we will see people healed from physical ailments and diseases. A day is coming when people will walk into this building sick and they will walk out completely healed. Actually, that's already happening here. But more is coming. The day is near and approaching when proclaiming the good news of Jesus and healing the sick and casting out demons and raising people from the dead and cleansing people from all diseases will be normal. The day is upon us. This is a monumental weekend in Airdrie, and we know it. Now, in the brief moments I have this morning, I, I want to share a few things with you that I pray will help us focus in on, on why we're here today. And as I was putting my thoughts together and preparing for this message, I, I asked Jesus, I pictured him standing at the back of the sanctuary, and I asked him, Jesus, what, what is it that you want me to prophetically declare over your people Good Friday? What is the one thing, Jesus, above all other things that you want us to know today? What is it? And as I was seeking the face of the Father, I, I saw this picture of this sanctuary, and all of you who are here today were in it. And, and, and I, I, I was looking over you guys, and I saw the most beautiful thing. The heavens were torn open, and above this, above this building, and, and the roof of this church flipped open. It was direct access to the throne room of heaven. And from the throne room, there was this unbelievably big and, and, and majestic crown that started falling down over this place. And it seemed to be accompanied by the glory cloud or, or his divine presence of the Holy Spirit was accompanying this crown as it was landing on all of you. And this crown was not intended just for some of you. It was for everyone in this room. It was amazing. This massive crown circled the whole building. And then I looked up and I saw a host of angels in rows as far back as I could see on both sides of the church all the way to the throne room. And I looked down over you again and this crown was adorned with emeralds and sapphires and rubies and diamonds and it was shining brilliantly. And as I was captivated by this beauty, I thought, I thought I heard the words from heaven say, this is my royal people, and this is how I see my people. 
Then this mist began to fall down from the same path where that crown came from, and, and the mist was alive, and it was landing on all of you in this sanctuary, but we weren't getting wet. The spirit of the living God was, was among you, moving among you and within you. Some of you were falling on your knees in worship. Some of you were, were being moved to tears of joy. Some of you in this place were moved to tears of repentance. Some, some were moved to tears of cleansing. I don't know how to explain it, but the mist was soaking into you and it was clean and it was pure. It was full of life and it began washing out fear. And it began washing people clean of sin. It was washing condemnation and, and I had this sense that this mist was full of forgiveness. I could see murky and dirty water leaving people in this room and being thrown up against this cross. And as it hit the cross, it dried up. It was gone. And there was mass of celebration, both in the heavens and here in the sanctuary. And we started worshiping Jesus together in a way I've never heard before. It was beautiful. And then the picture was over, and I'm thinking, God, no, give me more. This is awesome. That was it. So I had, I had asked Jesus, what, what is this one thing that he wanted us to know Good Friday? And then I received this picture. I'm sensing that God wants us to know that this picture I just shared with you is a result of what was accomplished at the cross. Friends, as followers of Christ, this is our reality. We are people of the kingdom of heaven. We have direct access to the Father and we are people who wear robes of righteousness and crowns of beauty. That's who we are. We are a royal priesthood of believers, a holy nation. And we are people who are washed clean by the blood of Christ that was sacrificed for us on the cross. We are sinners who have been saved by the grace of God who, as Ephesians 2 tells us, who now live from the throne room of heaven and are defined by the kingdom. Amen? Yes. I was sensing that God wants us to know that there's only one thing that is central to everything that we do and everything that we are in this life. There's only one thing we need to be concerned about. And this one thing must shape our whole landscape of how we think, of how we do life, and of how we release the kingdom of heaven on earth. In 1 Corinthians 2, the apostle Paul was speaking to the believers in Corinth and saying, that, saying to them that he'd come, when he'd come, he did not come with eloquence or, or with great wisdom as he proclaimed the testimony about God. Then he says this powerful statement, and this is what the Lord wants us to hear. He says, For I resolve to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul said, I, I resolved, I, I was determined, I was resolute to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it, friends. That's it. This is the most important thing in our lives, to know Christ and him crucified. This is the one thing that should shape everything that we do. It should shape the way we relate to our Heavenly Father. It should shape the way we prioritize our time. It should shape the, shape the way we relate with one another. 
It shapes everything in this life. So if this is the one thing then that God wants us to know today, I, I, I think it'd be a pretty good idea if we understand exactly, okay, well, what then happened on the cross for this reality to really sink in for us? What happened? Psalm 103, verses 2 and 4 say, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Again, verse 2 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What benefits? Well, much of what was accomplished at the cross, and because of the cross, we, we have been given countless benefits in our life, some of which are, are mentioned here. Charles Spurgeon says that David, the author of this psalm, selects a few of the choicest pearls from the casket of divine love, threads them on a string of memory, and hangs them around the neck of gratitude. In other words, among all the benefits that we have because of the cross, these are the cream of the crop. It says that because of the cross, all your sins are forgiven. Verse 12 in the same psalm says that as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. If we, if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9 says that he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The cross means that you and I are forgiven. We can have an unhindered relationship with the Father. Galatians 5.1 tells us that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. The forgiveness you receive because of the cross means we no longer live enslaved to sin. We're no longer living chained to the burden or the weight of sin. No more. This also means that the cross has opened a way for us to live in forgiveness with other people. We've received the benefit of forgiveness from, from Christ for our sin so that we can also offer that same forgiveness to others. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says that when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your heavenly Father may forgive you your sins as well. I don't really see any other option here with forgiveness. This is what kingdom living is all about, friends. That which we've been given freely by our Father in heaven through the cross of Christ is the same thing which we offer other people. No options. Another benefit we receive is because of the cross is that we can be healed of our sicknesses and our diseases. Now this is a delicate one for some of us is we've not been healed Yet, but I'm here to proclaim to you that one of the benefits of the cross is that there's healing in the name of Jesus and that he still heals us physically today. He does. Isaiah 53, 4 prophesied that Jesus would take up our infirmities and our suffering. And we see throughout all the gospels where Jesus healed people of all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and this was a normal thing. James 5 talks about how we can ask for and we can pray for healing. 
and we'll be healed. One more benefit from the passage says that we are crowned with love and compassion. We're crowned. How many of you thought about this reality that that because of the cross, everyone in here wears a crown all the time? You're wearing a crown. Like I sense the Lord say in that picture I shared with you, because of the cross, we now live in the heavenly kingdom. 1 Peter 2.9 says that we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Ephesians 2.6 says that God raised us up with Christ. And catch this. He seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Get this one. Revelation 1, 5, and 6 says, To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve God and Father, to, be, to him be glory and power forever. Even more, Romans eight seventeen says that we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. You know, this means that we've been given the privilege of sharing in Christ's inheritance. As adopted children of God, Christians are treated as firstborn heirs. And our inheritance includes salvation. It includes eternal life. And Revelation 3.21 says that even includes sitting on the throne with Christ. Whoa. This is unbelievable. This is one of the most amazing benefits of the cross. That we live and function as kingdom people, as, as ro- a royal family. This is our identity, and this is what's ha- been accomplished through the cross. Now, this is just a mere glimpse of the many different benefits we have because of knowing Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The cross that we contemplate and we celebrate on Good Friday is not one as to make us feel as awful and as sorrowful as we can over our sin that we've already been saved from and forgiven for. In Isaiah 43, our fathers told us to forget the former things and stop dwelling on the past. No more. The message of Good Friday is one that should remind us of the rich benefits that we have because of the cross of Christ. When we typically stop and reflect upon the sorrow that our sin brings and how our own sin and how our own brokenness put Christ on the cross and we tend to picture nailing Jesus up on the cross all over again. Stop doing that. That is just wrong. Friends, Jesus died once. He died once. And he said on the cross that it is finished. It's done. And if we aren't careful, we can almost define ourselves by our sin and by our brokenness of who we were without Christ. This is not our reality anymore. The problem with thinking this way is that it completely contradicts Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that we're now new creations. The old man is gone. He, gone. He's not even around anymore. The old man is gone and the new man has come. We've been reconciled to God through Christ, not counting our sins against us anymore. Now, do not misunderstand me. Sin is a very serious issue. And as people of the royal family, we must be people who repent and forgive and be quick to repent and quick to forgive others and not play around with sin. 
Sin wreaks havoc on our relationships with God, with God and with other people. However, the Good Friday message is one that reminds us that we no longer suffer under the burden and consequences of that sin. And we now live in the benefits of the cross in our kingdom identity. Now, having talked about these benefits that we have access to because of the cross, I'm sensing that there's some tension in here. And I'm sensing that there's, there's some tension in the air between two great realities. And by great, I mean immense, large. And many of us struggle with this tension. Let, let me frame it by asking the following questions. How is it possible that I could come to a Good Friday service and, and sing and proclaim the great news of Jesus on the cross, that he came and he died to set captives and prisoners free, yet I still feel like I'm living in bondage? How is it possible that Jesus came and died on the cross to heal the brokenhearted and comfort all those who mourn, yet my heart aches because of the deep soul wounds I'm still carrying? How is that possible? How is it possible that Jesus died on the cross, conquered death and fear, and yet I still feel paralyzed by my anxiety? And how is it possible that because of the cross that says there's no condemnation in Christ, yet I still feel so much shame? And how is it possible that because of the cross there's there's Uh, Jesus took upon the sin of himself and the whole world taking away the burden so that I no longer have to be enslaved to this sin and yet I still struggle with this sin. How is that possible? Jesus promised that we would live an abundant life and experience all the benefits that Nathan just talked about yet why do I not experience this? Those are good questions. You ask them. But I wonder how much of this tension stems from a reality that we are not living from a throne room perspective as much as we need to be living in. One of the passages that so many of us has come to believe and be familiar with is from Luke 9.23 that says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. A throne room perspective will rightly believe this verse to say that part of being a disciple means to fully surrender ourselves to Jesus, to surrender our control and our selfish desires and our will. And yes, as Jesus says in Matthew 5.11, it will mean that at times we will suffer persecution and insults and lies about us because of the name of Jesus. But what a disciple with a throne room perspective, also believes and takes hold of, and I want you to hear this really clearly, is that the cross we pick up and the cross that we carry is also the cross of victory. It's the cross of victory. Romans 8.37 says that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul boldly says that death is being swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Sorry, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. 
But thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. The benefit of the victory of the cross means that we can live free from the burden of sin. We can live free from the sin that entangles us so easily. We can live free from the slavery of fear and anxiety and we can have and we can experience victory over demonic strongholds. Jesus is saying to you this morning, if you're struggling with shame or condemnation, my presence is here. Take hold of my victory and walk in freedom today. If you're here this morning and, and you wrestle with deep worry and anxiety and fear, Jesus is saying to you, my presence has fallen on this place. Take hold of my victory. Release your fear to me and you will live in freedom from fear. You will. If you're here this morning and you've been struggling with, with sin, Jesus is saying to you, do not be ashamed. I love you. Repent of your sin. Take hold of my victory and walk in the freedom that I give you on the cross. And I say, also, find a trusted friend you can walk with who can bring your sin secrets to light so that they no longer have power over you and you can truly walk in the freedom that comes in the cross. The victory of the cross says that you no longer live with condemnation. That you no longer live with shame. The victory of the cross says that you've been liberated from the bondage of sin. The victory of the cross says that, that you can experience freedom from unforgiveness and from bitterness. And all of this is completely possible, not only in eternity, but as God's royal people, all that victory is possible for us today through knowing Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Living in the benefit of victory means that when we feel burdened and weighed down in life, and life seems to be crumbling over top of us, we can rise up and take hold of victory. And it means we can lean into the issue and say, in Christ, I can press in and press through, and I can and will have victory over this issue. I am a son or daughter of the king, and I will not let this have power over me anymore. It's time that you and I take up this benefit of living the victory of the cross. It's time to stop succumbing to our old ways of living. It's time to stop believing the lies about the junk we carry, saying somehow it's not possible to receive and live in victory. So how is the Father speaking to you this morning? Where is he showing you that you can live in the benefits of the cross today? Where is he showing you that victory is possible? Where is Holy Spirit wanting to wash you through this morning? He has placed a crown over you and he's poured himself out for you. Allow him to move through you and take up that cross of victory. Let's pray. Father, we praise you for the benefits of the cross. 
And we praise you that you've given us this new kingdom identity because of the cross. Would you reveal yourself to us now and show us the ways we could be experiencing more of you through the power of the cross? Amen.